Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. What's up, what's up? It's Pendarvis Harshaw, back at it like a double feature with another episode of Right Now. Today we're on our second story in our short series on filmmakers in the Bay Area. We're talking to Alba Roland Mejia and John Harrison. They're a couple of SF State grads who are, relatively speaking, in the early stages of their careers. They released a handful of short films, and with the support of brands like Oaklandish and Beast Mode, their work is getting out there. Their films are artistic, a bit experimental, even a touch of sci-fi. But behind the scenes is the real story. Alba and John have come together to create a working relationship that's balanced and productive. Stick around to hear about how they work together to build suspense, pray to the film gods, and create cinema collectively. Don't change that dial. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. So what was the first piece that you two collaborated on? We did Mile and Mecca together end of 2019. How would you describe that film? I would say describing our reality in Mm. the Bay Area, showing a perspective that's not really seen in cinema, but often spoken about in hip-hop. Basically, it's a day in the life of a young Black man in the Bay Area, how he understands who he is in his reality. Sometimes this power is direct. And sometimes it's insidious. License and registration. Officer, I just look License and registration. Slowly keep your hands on the wheel. It's about the microaggressions that we don't really talk about too much. It's about the issues that we have within our household or without our, within our friendships and being in situations in which we're supposed to feel safe and we don't. 
I could feel the intensity of the moment while at the same time, small tensions, you know, a conversation with a longtime friend taking photos where you're not supposed to. What you doing, bro? My bad, bro. I'm just trying to get the shot real quick, man. True, bro. But how do you make those moments so big and intense and like I'm nervous and squeamish watching them? Like, how, how did you do that? I would say in my own Mecca where we were able to um, show it the most was in the car scene where our main character is in a discussion with his one of his best friends. Hey, I went to ask you, you still staying at that brother Nessa house? <laughs> First off, bro, yeah. that's the mother of my child. But yeah, I'm still staying at her house, you feel me? Trying to move us out, trying to find a spot to go, but you know how that shit go. Yeah, nigga, I know that's your baby mama and you love her and all this shit, nigga. Through their discussion, they they have this tendency to battle for dominance. And there's these subtle digs that, that they do with each other and in order to determine who is in control of the conversation. Even though they're both friends and they both genuinely love each other, it's something that John actually brought to the script. John, how did you bring it to the script? Um, well, I kind of just think about it if you're in like a, just talking to somebody or in a tense situation, it's hard to maintain that eye contact because you feel that intensity. And I feel like through the film, we are able to really capture those moments of the glare that they have towards each other. But through the editing, we're able to like let it sit there for a few seconds and you really like absorb that intensity. I hadn't even, now I need to watch it again and see how much of my reaction was based upon facial expressions, you know, versus preconceived notions of what's going to happen next. John, why did you feel pulled to shoot on film? Just the fact that celluloid is like a physical thing you can hold in your hand. And also meaning when it's in the camera, it's physically capturing that light onto it. So it was like truly there in that moment with you. And it's never going to be the same. So it's almost like a living organism with you, like capturing this story and like ingraining it physically in this earth. Through the years, it's been getting like better and better for like darker skin tones as well. So like really like highlighting onto all of that and like shooting on film, preserving it all, like could go on for hours about it. <laughs> he said it was like a, a living organism because like I hadn't experienced it before. And um, something I didn't understand beforehand is when you go that close or the camera's actually on and rolling, you can hear it breathing as if it was like a heartbeat right next to your face. And that was so wild and bizarre to me, but um, it made me really appreciate the camera a lot more than I did before. I got way too many photos on my camera phone. Like I've been shooting digital since forever. With film, you have to be very exact. Like, do you hold your breath and you're like, no, wait, we only have so much film. Like, how do you navigate that? Well, the beautiful thing with color film, at least, you have so much latitude. Like, you can overexpose it by five stops and still save that image and it'll still look beautiful. It won't feel like mechanic. When we have to like send it out to the lab, I'm, all, I'm always just like, I hope it came out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of writing on that, a lot of people, a lot of money. Yeah, it's going to be perfect, fingers crossed and everything. Alba, she's like, it's going to be good, right? I'm like, yeah, it's going to be perfect. I I'm going to pray to the film gods tonight, though. <laughs> John, you, you and Alba went to school together, but didn't know each other at the time at San Francisco State, correct? Correct. Uh, but it was her work that um, intrigued you. What was it about her work? What piece was it that you saw of hers that intrigued you? In my head, I just see a black man without a shirt on, long dreads, 
walking out of the darkness towards the camera. It may have been a photo, but it was like that powerful that it jumped off the page. And I just remember like so striking, but it's just a male body, just a person. And like that really stood out to me. And a friend told me that that person was reachable. So I was like, oh, I'd love to like talk to them, get to know them, see who they are. And I remember I met Alba and we're just chopping it up and she like puts it on and I'm just like, just speechless staring at it the whole time. Like it was a beautiful piece. That was Code Switch. So Code Switch is a short film experimental piece with no dialogue, one character. And basically I'm just going through the motions of him during a code switch and, and how it affects him mentally and emotionally. It's kind of sci-fi-ish though. Loki. He's going through it. He's got something coming out of his back. It's like an open chasm or something in his skin. And he's just getting dressed in the morning. And again, with that intensity, you know, I'm like, it could have easily just been like a guy getting dressed in the morning, but no, he was like going through a straight metamorphosis. How do you bring extended metaphor into your work? It was my deep dive into, into understanding what this is for a black male about somebody that's very close to me. Um, and it's about me seeing him go through the motions that he was going through and, and trying to understand that with him without him telling me. And that's why I introduced that gore. There's a little bit of gore in there and a little bit of blood and um, a little bit of uncertainty and fear. How does it feel to have a tag team partner as a director and a cinema photographer? Like, do you feel like you're wide receiver and quarterback? Are you coach and offensive coordinator? I wouldn't even say it's like a quarterback and a receiver. I would say it's like a tag team wrestling match. And we both got a common goal and, and we take turns and we know each other's strengths. So we know when it's that person's turn to hop in and, and take charge. For example, uh, this most recent project that we're, that we're working on, Blackness is Everything. A freedom song and a hyphy haiku. The gay area turf talk ghetto gospel classic. Ooh. There is something that I kind of just threw at them like, oh, I want to shoot slow motion on film in black and white. And um, what I didn't know that of course he did the research to make sure that he knew before coming to set was like how many stops it, the, the lighting needs to be to be in slow motion and in black and white because it all these things matter. All these little details matter. Something that I didn't realize, I just know what I wanted it to feel like. And John knows how to make it happen. And yeah, I feel like that works really well because Alba knows exactly what she wanted, wants it to feel like. So we could go in there with a plan and I could like take all that and like articulate it through the camera. The jazz fertilizing the taste of my fruit. OG stands for organic with the juice. All of me is all of you. Your approach to filmmaking in the Bay Area, there, there seems to be something that you're really attracted to, John. What is it about being behind the lens in the Bay Area that inspires you? I was born and raised here and like, I love the culture. I love the people, love the community so much, like all of that. The last decade I feel like was really great with like Fruitvale Station, Last Black Man, Blind Spotting, and like some other movies like Kicks. But like, I feel like we could have so much more I'm trying to do whatever I can to like help inspire and motivate like the youth and even people my age or older 
to like pick up a camera, like tell their stories, to show you don't need like Hollywood money to be able to make a movie, like you could do it with your phone, like anything like that to like inspire others. Like that's what really like motivates me. Was there a moment that stands out to you as like that just extremely fun, chaotic thing that happened on either of the sets that you've worked on together? Our first day of shooting My Omeka, we had about 30 folks and we're in West Oakland. It's, it's a big group of people. So naturally the whole community, one by one would come out to us, stop the whole production, ask what we're doing, introduce themselves, tell us about their life. I love that. Um, it did stop production quite a bit, but I loved how interested and open and receptive they were to us. Maybe we should turn back to ourselves, to our own primordial streets, to our own ruggedness, to our own root hair. Maybe we should turn back to Mecca, my only Mecca. But some of those people who came up, they ended up staying in the background of the film. And I remember I was just like, sitting back there, hands on my hips, watching everything. And it was just beautiful to see like a collaboration between like 25 different humans and then all this background people of people we didn't even really know just coming together to make like a movie in Oakland. Here's the teamwork to the idea that people can come together, communicate, be in community, create art and do it all for the community gotta take my hat off to them. Thank you to Alba Roland Mejia and John Harrison. Best of luck, y'all got some bright futures. You out there listening right now, you can follow Alba at A-L-B-O-G-O-L-D on Instagram, and you can find John on the gram too, under John Harrison SB, all one word, and that's John, J-O-N, no H. Let the credits roll on this episode. The producer, Marisol Medina Cadena, the editors for this episode, Jessica Plachik and Susie Racho. The engineer, Seal Muller. The engagement team, Kiana Mogram, Jacqueline Carvajal, Sarah Pineda, and Lena Blanco. The KQED execs, Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. The host, me. I'm your host, Kandarvis Harshaw. Once again, this is the second entry in our short series on filmmakers in the Bay Area. Next week, we're right back at it with our third episode, which would make this a trilogy. Looking forward to sharing that story with you. Oh, and while I'm at it, talking to you directly, you out there, go ahead and send me a tweet and use the hashtag right now. I know you're listening. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Right Nowish is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 